Welcome to the latest First Voice monthly roundup podcast brought to you by First Voice magazine, the official flagship magazine of the Federation of Small Businesses and the go-to podcast for news tips and important information for small businesses and the self-employed. This episode is our August Small Business Roundup in which we will take a look at some of the important issues hitting the headlines at the moment and which you need to be aware of right now as small businesses. Um, This month, we will look at three key issues in particular. The first is the current state of play with the Northern Ireland Protocol, an issue that many small businesses will be keeping an eye on. And I'm pleased to say that Roger Pollan, head of FSB in Northern Ireland, is here to speak to us about that. We will also look at the growing issue of rising insurance premiums for small businesses and provide some tips for how you can manage the lack of affordable premiums in the market. And to discuss that, we're joined by David Perry from the FSB Insurance Service. And last but not least, as a new prime minister gets set to take up the hot seat at number 10, David Hale, head of public affairs at FSB, is here to share what FSB would like to see from that new PM, whether that ends up being Rishi Sunak or Liz Truss. And at the time of recording, we are just waiting for that final round of the ballot to take place. Thank you all for joining me. Um, Roger, I'd like to start with the Northern Ireland Protocol, if I may. Um, This is probably something that a lot of small businesses have heard of in the media. There's been quite a lot of coverage, but they might not quite be sure exactly what it is um, and what it might mean to them. Can you give us a bit of a summary? Yes, really the protocol is the legal instrument that was put in place to Uh, address the fact that Northern Ireland sits within two markets. So if you imagine a Venn diagram, uh, the UK is one part of that, the EU is the other, and Northern Ireland is the bit in the middle where the two of them overlap. So we have the the UK internal market, Northern Ireland is part of that, and we also have the EU single market, and Northern Ireland is part of that as well. And that's both a problem and an opportunity. So the protocol is really just the framework that was put in place to try and manage that that rather unusual situation. What we're hearing, though, in the media, in the media now, what's making all the noise about this is, is the fact that it's not working properly. Uh, the two sides can't reach agreement on how to improve it. And so one side is taking action unilaterally. And that action is, is uh, for example, it includes things like grace periods. So lots of things are being allowed to carry on as they did before Brexit. Uh, because of unilaterally applied grace periods. So things like uh, food coming in for supermarkets, parcels coming in for consumers, all of that is continuing just the way it always did, but only because the UK government on its own has said that it can. So that's a problem. uh, And the the stuff that's making a noise in the media at the moment is really just working out how are we going to try and reach this by agreement rather than just by one side taking action on its own. And where are we at in terms of that finding an agreement? I mean, is there a time frame on that? What's involved? What are the stumbling blocks? Well, I suppose you could characterize it by the five Ps, pets, parcels, potatoes, and potted plants. Those are things that consumers in Northern Ireland would expect to be able to get because they are part of the UK. They live here. They want to get continue to get the things they've always got from businesses sending them across from GB. But because of the protocol, each of those is restricted in some ways or banned. So the the five Ps just characterizes what needs to be addressed. There are lots of ways that this can be done. UK government has brought forward proposals. The EU has brought forward proposals. But unfortunately, neither side really seems to be engaging in a proper negotiation and discussion how to move forward. So we're stuck. And we then have overlaid on that the uh, 
um, conservative leadership election. So we need to wait and see now uh, which way is the successful candidate going to take the, the discussions and negotiations beyond this point. We have the protocol bill going through Parliament. Uh, it's got quite far, but it's about to hit the House of Lords and we've no idea what will happen there. And even if it does get through, how well that will be used to address the problems that businesses here are facing. Yeah, and you mentioned the the five P's and some of the sort of issues that it's causing, but how specifically is it affecting small businesses? You know, we hear things about taxes, delays, bureaucracy, supply chain issues. What's the what's the impact on the ground for small businesses? There are so many different impacts. It's a bit like a, a tapestry, really. So we've done a piece of work recently to try and map out the number and or sorry the range of businesses that are badly impacted by it. But to give you an example, we we have uh, a lot of um, food retailers here, small delicatessens, cafes, artisan tr- uh, traders. They're all having real difficulty getting uh, supplies through from GB into Northern Ireland even though they don't trade south of the border into the the EU. So we need to find a a common sense way of letting those businesses carry on uh, with their trade whilst not presenting any risk to the single market. That's that's one example, but there are many of them throughout the the whole of the the economy here. Yeah, and you mentioned the the bill at the House of Lords. What else would you like to see to to resolve this? What are you calling on government to do? How, How can we get to a solution? Well, the bill contains an awful lot of really good solutions in it. The problem will be, though, that if they're imposed unilaterally just by one side, then we don't know how the other side, how the EU will react against that and whether they'll bring about restrictions and and cause further problems. So the bill proposes uh, a thing called the green channel and red channel, which effectively means that if if stuff is coming in from, uh, from Britain into Northern Ireland, that's only going to be consumed in Northern Ireland. It goes through the green channel. It's pretty much unfettered. Whereas if it's going through Northern Ireland into the EU, then it goes into the Red Channel. Now, that seems a pretty sensible solution. That's catered for in the bill. The EU, uh, various people in the EU have also recognised that a, a Green Channel and Red Channel could be part of the solution. But unfortunately, the two sides aren't trying to reach that solution together. And there's uh, where the problem lies. That's brilliant. Thank you, Roger. Uh, David Perry of the FSB Insurance Service, um, thanks also for joining us. I'd like to turn to you now on this issue. Um, The rising cost of insurance premiums is something that we've talked about on this podcast before. Um, And I understand FSB has just released a report with some pretty startling findings. What were the headlines of that? Yeah, good morning, John, and hello, everybody. Um, The key findings uh, were, as you say, quite concerning. Um, the headlines, three out of five uh, uh, people that responded to the survey had seen their premiums increase. More than 50% of those people significantly. Um, 30% of respondents said that they couldn't understand their policy wordings and they found insurance too complicated. Um, one in six have had to find alternative cover from their existing arrangement and have suffered uh, cover reductions as a consequence, and with some particular problems in certain trades and certain classes. So, for example, leisure and uh, hospitality, the care sector, um, surveyors, financial services, entertainment, and also um, small specialist and niche businesses where um, certain amount of time is needed to, to to underwrite the risk properly. 
I'm sure that causes a, a big headache when small business owners are trying to focus on their core activities, running and growing their small businesses. But, you know, what's the ultimate impact? You know, is, is there an issue here where potentially businesses can't get insurance um, or the, the premiums are so crippling that it means they can't, they can't function anymore? What's, what's the real impact? It, it's an interesting one because um, small firms um, recognise the value of insurance. Um, there are still twenty-two million pounds worth of commercial insurance claims being paid every day uh, from Association of British Insurers statistics. Uh, so it's, it is an important uh, piece of protection uh, that, that uh, uh, businesses uh, recognise they need to have. But of course, uh, because of that, uh, the the knock-on impacts are um, cutting costs. Twenty-four percent of res- of respondents said that they were cutting costs. Uh, obviously, passing costs to uh, other to their customers, which is a, a particular problem with the cost of living crisis on the go, opting for less cover, um, in some cases not being able to to trade at all, particularly where certain insurances are a requirement, and then of course there are the false economies under insurance, reducing sums insured uh, when at a time of, for example, hyperinflation in the construction market, you really don't want to do that. Um, in terms of your commercial property and so on, if you if you own your building, and what can small businesses do to help themselves? Are there steps they can take to, you know, find a better deal or or reduce premiums? What what, what can they do themselves to help? Well, commercial insurance is complicated, and uh, over the years, I, I think there are lots of providers that have tried to simplify. But business and and the the work that that we all do, it, it has complexity. Um, so. We would say don't review your insurances too late. Don't leave it to the last minute just before renewal. We'd suggest taking advice. Um, It's always best to speak to someone that can actually guide you in the right direction in these circumstances. When you do talk to someone, provide as much information uh, about what you do, where you do it, how you do it as you possibly can, because experts will be able to guide you in the right direction and tell you what's important and make sure you've got the right things in place. Um, always provide evidence of how well run your business is. Security, uh, health and safety um, plans that you have in place, business continuity planning and so on. Uh, and then perhaps think about the risks that you can take yourself. The most common one being perhaps a higher excess or something like that. Um, there are blogs on the uh, the FSB Insurance Service website as well, in, in, informative blogs that uh, uh, can provide you with a lot of this information as well. So we'd recommend that you take a look there too. No, that's helpful. Thank you. And, and just finally on this topic, David, um, what what would you like to see government or the insurance industry do? Is there, is there steps that you'd like to see them take to, to help small businesses? Well, we've had um, a good uh, link in with, with both government um, insurance industry in the form of Association of British Insurers, British Insurance Brokers Association, and the Financial Conduct Authority, who regulate the piece, uh, all uh, very interested in what we've got to say and what our recommendations are. And I know that the FSB are recommending earlier intervention when a market segment is seen to be failing, and also clarity around that intervention. Uh, A a good example of that possibly is uh, uh, during the COVID crisis, very welcome intervention from the FCA. Uh, but then quite a lot of confusion with regard to things like whether um, grants and loans uh, should be included in business interruption payments. So clarity um, around the first intervention. Um, We feel that there needs to be a market study of professional indemnity requirements. This has been a particularly tricky area, uh, also because lots of um, our members need professional indemnity cover 
to uh, trade, either as a result of their regulator or because customers uh, or trade bodies re- require it. Um, we'd like to see um, government using the procurement bill to remove barriers for SMEs accessing public sector work. And this, for example, could be uh, situations where huge limits of indemnity on public liability policies are required for a relatively uh, small uh, or or relatively insignificant task. Uh, um, Finally, we'd really like to work with the insurance industry uh, on on clarity of wordings uh, and trying to make insurance simpler uh, for uh, FSB members to understand. Yeah, I think that's uh, something that a lot of a lot of small businesses w- would certainly appreciate. Thank you, David. Now, an issue that none of us can have avoided in recent weeks is the Conservative Party leadership contest um, and ultimately the race to become the new Prime Minister. At the time of recording, we are down to the last two, Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss. Um, David Hale, Head of Public Affairs at FSB, I'd like to chat a little bit about that contest, um, as well as what FSB would like to see from the new PM, whoever that ends up being. Um, First of all, how will the remainder of this contest work? I mentioned that we're just awaiting the the final ballot um, on the last two. When will we have a new Prime Minister? Hi, John. So we'll have a new Prime Minister on September the 5th, that's when uh, the results of the contest will be announced and it will either be Liz Truss or Rishi Sunak. The, the ballots, though, that when, when the contest is determined actually go out on the, the 1st of August at the start of the month. Um, so really, we're likely to have people voting in that first week of August and, and it will be effectively decided then. But voting doesn't close until September the 3rd and we won't have a new Prime Minister till September the 5th. Okay, good to know. Um, for busy small business owners who might not have had the time to keep across every detail of this, um, what kind of things have each of the two finalists been saying about their approach to business and the economy? And so the biggest dividing line of the leadership contest as a whole has probably been on on tax. Um, so Liz Truss has said that she will cancel the national insurance hike that came in. Um, she said that she will uh, stop the planned rise in corporation tax. Um, and she said she'll do a new spending review, which covers all, all government, government spending for uh, usually a, a three year period. Um, Richard Zinex taken a, a different tack. He's, he's said, um, that he doesn't want to cut taxes until inflation starts to fall. Um, he has a tax plan that uh, he actually published while he was while he was still chancellor, um, which is looking particularly at how you can change taxes on things like capital investment and skills payments, and um, to an extent R and D. So, so Liz Truss is really saying, "I'm I'm going to cut taxes now," and Rishi Sunak is saying, "Wait," and he has got a different different set of taxes in mind, including income tax, but also taxes on capital investment. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. Now, you know, it it is only Conservative Party members voting at this stage, but whoever gets in is likely to be a held, held to account pretty soon. We're due to have a, a general election in a in a couple of years. Um, what will small businesses hope for um, from the, the, the new prime minister when they're in post? And what is FSB hoping for from that new prime minister? I mean, I think the, the key thing is there is the cost of doing business crisis at the moment. I think 
costs are going up from every single direction, whether that's insurance, whether that's uh, things like tax or whether that's input costs and, and, and materials or whether that's difficulty getting hold of people. And I think what small businesses, are, I think, will be looking for is a government that will, will come in on, on day one and, and, and grip uh, as many of those issues as they they can and make progress from a, a government perspective in terms of what what government can do to, to help businesses cope with spiraling costs and help people develop their businesses over the next two years and and get going and, and get growth going across the economy. Yeah, brilliant. And I know that FSB does a regular temperature check uh, on small business confidence and sentiment, the, the, the small business index. Um, and I think your, your last one of those was quite recent. Um, what was that? What were the headlines to come out of that? And does that correlate with those concerns around rising costs of business, for example? It does. It does. So it, it was, you know, it, it was not a positive temperature check. It was showing businesses um, under under increasing pressure, um, you know, just the headline measure of confidence was was forty points down on on this time on the same time last year, um, and you know it was showing confidence being being worse now than when the if you remember the Omicron variant coming in just before Christmas, and then it looked like we might be potentially going into another into another lockdown, which which then then didn't materialise. But it, it is showing quite. a a serious situation in terms of how how easy or not small businesses are finding dealing with with costs in the current situation. So so that that was not a positive temperature check, and we would we would hope to see it. Um, you know, we would hope a government would come in, see that there's a problem there, and then try and try and deal with it. Um, and that's what we'd you know like to see from from either Liz Truss or Rishi Sunak, whoever it is that 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 gets the vote and gets in as as the new prime minister. Yes, and as you say, in September, we will know exactly who that will be. Thank you to all of our guests um, for joining this episode, to both David's and to Roger. That was really great and um, some really interesting um, hot topics uh, explored for our audience. Thank you also to our audience for listening to this episode of the Small Business Monthly Roundup podcast. While I have your attention, I would just like to remind you that you can subscribe to the First Voice podcasts to receive regular updates and guidance on the big issues affecting small businesses. And do please also remember that you can find a whole host of additional webinars, podcasts, and other content on the First Voice website at firstvoice.fsb.org.uk. Many thanks for listening. 